0: all right humans of the internet this is the Ruben report direct message for october 8th 2020 we're going to be doing vp debate reaction and reaction to the reaction and then you can react to that Uh, we'll also be talking about how donald trump has now announced that he will not take part in the next debate because they just announced basically out of nowhere that they want this thing to be virtual. So this just, I saw this this morning and uh, I have some thoughts on that. And I think he's probably sorta kinda making the right move, but there's definitely some pitfalls on that. Uh, And then third, I wanna talk about the movie industry, which is in complete absolute free fall. And uh, Regal movie theaters, which I'm sure you guys have all been to, Regal movie theaters. When I was growing up, we would go to the Regal Triplex. Uh, they are closing like 500 locations. It sounds like temporarily for now, but they're they're uh, furloughing 40,000 employees. The movie industry obviously is absolutely imploding, like many industries, and it, and it's a sad thing. And and now they've delayed some some major movies. We'll get into some of that stuff. But obviously, we have to start by talking about the debate and the media reaction to it. So first off, I just want to say to you, uh, get, get comfortable in your chair uh, if you're watching this or if you're on a couch, whatever you're on, I want you to really make sure you're like kind of like in it and you're not gonna fall because I'm gonna be doing some mansplaining. There's gonna be some mansplaining up in here because that apparently is a thing. If you are a man and apparently you react to a woman in any way, you are mansplaining. You are somehow misogynistic and by reacting to a woman, you are automatically mansplaining. That is a new thing. I just like to say for the record, If you're a man and you use the phrase mansplaining unironically, I'm fairly certain uh, you're a eunuch and somebody took your testicles and you should find that person and try to get your testicles back. And then I don't know who you go to to get your testicles reattached. Uh, Well, I guess a urologist or a testicle expert. Um, because uh, no, mansplaining, they're all saying this, these pundits and blue check Twitterati people, they're all saying mansplaining as if it's a thing, as if it's a thing. So, all right, we're gonna go through a little bit of the the debate reaction. Let me just, uh, for those of you that didn't watch uh, my whiskey-laden recap, last night, let me just say a couple things. Uh, I predicted that basically all Pence was gonna have to do was not fall out of his chair, because he just needs to show everybody that he can steady the ship, Trump's 74, if he got sick, he just had corona, if something happened to him, whatever it might be, that, that he's there to just make everybody feel like, oh, the wheels aren't gonna fall off this thing, we ain't going over the cliff. I think not only did he do that, I think he actually did a better job by that. And I will say also that It's not as if I don't have political disagreements with Mike Pence. I absolutely have political disagreements with Mike Pence. If Mike Pence was to read my book, Don't Burn This Book, Mike Pence would come away thinking that we have some serious political disagreements. Mike Pence and I disagree on abortion. I'm begrudgingly pro-choice. I believe that a woman should have a right to choose for that first trimester, and I go into my explanation on that in the book. Mike Pence is absolutely pro-life. That is a massive, political difference that I have with the vice president, right? Um, Mike Pence, as far as I know, well certainly personally is not for gay marriage and I suspect he wishes that it was not the law of the land. It is the law of the land. I haven't heard him say one thing in the last three years uh, that would imply that he wants to reverse it as the law of the land. And that would also mean a Supreme Court decision which would reverse a Supreme Court decision which is obscenely rare, absurdly rare and also Uh, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't take rights away from people and it would open up such a crazy Pandora's box that I really do believe that the ship has sailed on this. And by the way, the vice president doesn't, doesn't make laws, right? He doesn't make laws. The president really isn't supposed to make laws either. We have a whole other branch, that legislative branch that doesn't do much, but they're the ones that are supposed to do it. But the point is I have some disagreements with Pence. So I'm not sitting here saying Pence is the greatest guy in the world or anything else, but I will tell you this. He obviously is a competent vice president um, he, he did a nice job, I thought, in, in defending the president, um, but, but putting all the issues aside for a minute, he was completely respectful of uh, Kamala Harris. I don't think there was a moment where he wasn't respectful. Did he jump in a little bit? Yeah, did she jump in a little bit? Yeah, and by the way, it's a debate. And what's supposed to happen in a debate, these things are very you know, plastic package debates where I'm gonna give you two minutes to talk uninterrupted and you get two minutes to talk uninterrupted. And then you can talk for a second and then you can talk for a second. I mean, that's not a debate. Like We should basically be doing this, as I've been saying, as a Thunderdome idea. Two men enter, or women, whatever it is. Sorry for the mansplaining. Uh, two human beings, regardless of genitalia, enter and one leaves. That's what we should be doing with this thing. Let them battle it out. We almost don't need rules. I would say to them, whoever it is, VP debate, regular debate. I would say you, th- you guys got two hours. Get up there, and you know what? You you could have one rule. You need, I think, probably one rule, which is you know you can do 15 minutes on this topic, 15, 15, whatever it is, something like that. But basically, no rules and let them go at it. These prepackaged things. It's it's just again, the it's the end of television, it's the end of media, it's the end of old politics. We're watching these calcified systems that don't really work anymore, and and we're really at the end of it. And I am very hopeful that four years from now, we're gonna have a very, very different world, because I think the media will have completely imploded. I think the the political system, uh, in large part, thanks to Trump for just driving a train through the whole thing, will have brought out a much more interesting, intellectually diverse set of people on the right, and God only knows what's gonna happen on the left. But anyway, that, that's why I'm hopeful. So they were both respectful of each other. Uh, well, no, I can't say that. Pence was respectful of Kamala. Was Kamala respectful of him? I mean, there are a lot of moments where he just tries to jump in with just a, a nothing, like really nothing. Like this isn't an angry guy, this isn't a showboater. Like, is this a guy that you'd really be at a party with? Like, man, that guy's fun. No, obviously not. He's not there for that. So he was completely respectful of her. She was dismissive of him and you know, with all the eye rolls and the, you know, I'm talking now. Like I, I just can't imagine a least likable uh, candidate. I just can't. I mean, Democrats, if, if you're watching, you DNC people, Tulsi, that was your girl, you missed the boat. You would have brought in Tulsi and a lot of moderates. I think a lot of even uh, conservatives and certainly the anti-Trump people would have been all about this. And I think you guys really, really dropped the ball. Uh, Tulsi, she's anti-war. She doesn't believe the government should absolutely do everything. She's not into identity politics. Um, I had her on the show, we have some disagreements too, but like that was the road. But instead they went with this like robotic, deeply unlikable person and it has nothing to do with her skin color or her gender. Media Matters clipped a thing of me last night implying that I don't like her because she's a woman. And it's like, you people are just pathetic losers. And by the way, uh, you know, when they clip things, when these companies, these nonprofits, these very well-funded nonprofits, when they go after people, uh, what they're trying to do is get a mob going so that they can cancel somebody. But I'll talk to you directly, Media Matters. I'm my own boss. I'm my boss. The chances that I fire myself are very slim. What meeting could I have? Dave, you're gonna have to come in. We have to talk about this and I'm gonna go, Dave, really? What, what, I, you know. Like I'm not firing myself. So keep it, keep it coming though, it's good, it's good PR. Um, anyway, I wanna go over a couple of the tweets that I saw after the debate because they're, they're so ridiculous that I think they're worth showing because these are tweets by sort of legit mainstream people who put out sort of the worst set of ideas all the time. So first off, I wanna put out a tweet by Mark Ruffalo And now Mark Ruffalo is an actor, you know him as the Hulk. He was not the best Hulk, right? I think Ed Norton was a much, much better Hulk and Ed Norton actually turned down the Avengers and then they brought in Mark Ruffalo and he's just sort of like this like, I don't know, nothingness, like sort of asexual Hulk. I I don't know, there was something about him I didn't like. Ed Norton, like there's a lot there. There's There's like pain and anger and curiosity. Like there's, anyway, he's just a much better actor, but putting that aside, uh, I'm only using this tweet by Mark Ruffalo because he's become one of the most outspoken progressives in Hollywood. He just took part in that naked video. Did you see that idiotic naked video that these Hollywood people came out with and Sarah Silverman was in it and Chris Rock and a couple other people and they get naked and tell you, tell you to vote. And it's just like, man, you guys are, you guys are actual parodies of yourself. You're, you're making fun of yourself at this point. Anyway, he's become a, a real voice and he campaigns for people and everything else. He's a real sort of lefty, progressive, out there voice in Hollywood. And he tweeted this after the debate. And I thought it was pretty interesting. He said, just going over it all in my head, the way Mike Pence constantly interrupted and spoke over Kamala Harris was the prime example of white male supremacy and its common dismissal and disrespect for black women. Imagine that being your takeaway from the debate. First off, Pence was absolutely respectful. Secondly, it is a debate, so there's going to be a little back and forth. Thirdly, I believe all people are equal. So if all people are equal, I assume that's what you actually believe, Mark Ruffalo, if that's what you believe, well then, a white man and a black woman, black woman can have an interaction. And sometimes he's gonna speak over her and sometimes she's gonna speak over him. And by the way, that's exactly what happened. If anything, she was far, far, far more dismissive uh, of him than he was of her. But the line in there that's really incredible is that he says this is a prime example, this is the prime example of white male supremacy. Now, we keep being told we live in a white supremacy nation, that Trump supports white supremacists, that there's a group of people out there who want white people to reign supreme. Now, if slightly and occasionally speaking over a black woman is white supremacy, well then, I don't think white supremacy is much of a big deal. And I think you don't even think so, Mark Ruffalo. He said it's a prime example of white supremacy. But it's nothing. The thing is, it's absolutely nothing. It's a debate. It's a place where two people are supposed to argue. If Mike Pence had said, you know, I would like to put a law in place, my first day in office, Trump's first day in office, we're gonna put a law in place that white people will each get an extra $50 in their paycheck. That would be an example of white supremacy. White people are going to have special laws and white people are gonna get Netflix for free. That would be an example of white supremacy. But slightly interrupting somebody every now and again, while they're doing it to you in a much more flamboyant fashion, if he's saying that's the prime example of white supremacy, in essence he's saying yes, everything that we tell you about all of this nonsense about the patriarchy and white supremacy and the rest of it, it's all BS nonsense and forget all of it. So anyway, there's the Hulk, and bleh, you, Ruffalo. Anyway, I'm gonna bust out a couple tweets here in a row because the, the mansplaining meme went out to, uh, to the masses. And they all kept saying he was mansplaining to her, which again, if we are to believe that men and women are equal, which I obviously believe, and I'm assuming you obviously believe, well, then a woman is sometimes gonna say something, especially in the political arena. A woman might say something and a man might have a disagreement. That is not mansplaining, that's called equality, right? And you're gonna, you're gonna jostle back and forth about the better ideas. That's how we get good ideas out there. Otherwise, what is a debate? Should every time uh, Kamala Harris said something, should Mike Pence have been like, well, you are a black woman, so I'm just going to sit quietly. Susan Page, give her a check mark. Give her a gold star for that one. Okay, so here's a couple, a couple tweets by some, some blue check people. First is uh, Kathy Ann. She's a filmmaker. She said, Pence needs to stop mansplaining, dominating, and gaslighting the women tonight. Um, there's a lot there. You got my feelings on the... Mansplaining, part of it, but the gaslighting. Gaslighting. Gaslighting is when, in effect, it's it's a phrase that sort of was born online because it's the idea that you go sort of so over the top with your response to somebody that it sort of it burns down the whole house. So instead of making like a cogent point, if somebody, if you're arguing with somebody, instead of making like just a sensible point, you gaslight them, meaning you just say something so crazy or so over the top that you've just destroyed the whole thing. Does that seem like what Mike Pence, quiet Mike Pence, who barely moves when he speaks and is respectful and nice and actually looked at her? um, You know, did that seem like he was gaslighting? I don't think so, Kathy. All right, Dan Rather, the disgraced CBS, former CBS news anchor. But you'd think, you know, he could probably make a coaching point. The guy's been, you know, in the public eye for 40 years. He's covered countless uh, presidential debates, vice presidential debates, everything else. He said, I don't think VP's Pen- VP Pence's mansplaining and over-talking is doing a lot to end to narrow the gender gap, unless it's also turning off more men as well. I mean, there's just so much nonsense in there. The gender gap also doesn't exist. It's it's based on choices. You're not gonna believe this, but men and women choose different careers based on different factors. It's so, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's not that companies are looking to go, how can we screw the women? It's just not a thing. And if you want more on that, I would recommend checking out a PragerU video by Christina Hoff Summers on the gender pay gap. Charlotte Clymer, who's formerly of the Human Rights Campaign, she had a doozy, and she consistently does, doesn't matter. Uh, She said, there is no woman, and I mean no woman, who could have done better than Kamala Harris tonight. There is indeed no woman, including Kamala Harris, who is going to win over a certain portion of men. Your male buddies who thought Pence won, they don't like women in power, sorry. I mean, this, this type of stuff is just nonsense. First off, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure most men like women, right? Most men like women. They like having them around, they like being with them, they like having sex with them, they like talking to them, they like dating them, they like going out to drink, they like having fun with women. So this idea that men are running around secretly in hatred of women is just crazy, right? My mom's a woman, love her. My sister's a woman, love her. I have many women friends. Like it's just like it's just such a what? Are, what is wrong with you people? Um, but this this okay. So your male buddies who thought Pence won, they don't like women in power. Sorry. This is such nonsense. Also because uh, I mentioned Tulsi Gabbard before, and I got to tell you, when I had Tulsi on the show, there were a lot of people, my more right-leaning people in the audience, who said, you know, I'm not I'm not a lefty, so I don't like. You know some of her Democrat policies, and she's a little too big government for me, and this and that. The other thing, but I really like a lot about her. I like a lot about her. She she seems decent. I mean, just just take the general temperament. Um, and I don't mean this as a, as I'm comparing women to women in terms of temperament. But but if Tulsi Gabbard had been up there the calmness, thoughtfulness, decency, humbleness that would have come through. And, and Kamala Harris just doesn't have any of those things. That's not because she's a woman, a man cannot have any of those things. Donald Trump is not very humble, right? Um, but ugh. all right, and then one more, the ABC's George Stephanopoulos, who of course was a Bill Clinton former spokesman. He worked in the White House. He is now the anchor for ABC News. Uh, and he said a lot of people we're noticing some mansplaining going on tonight. I mean, it really, it does feel like they just get the memo. They just get the memo. And, and by the way, when they get the memo on mansplaining, that means that the racist memo just, they knew it wasn't gonna work, right? Because what do they wanna do? What, if you're the average media person, uh, what do you wanna do after a white man debates a black woman. You want to immediately, no matter what, say that he's racist, but it was so obvious that nothing he did had anything to do with race, which is their easy gotcha card, that they moved from race to mansplaining. So he must hate women then. Yes, he must hate women. Stupid. Okay, let's move on to story number two. I just saw this this morning. So uh, the debate commission decided to change next week's debate uh, and now uh, it, it was supposed to be on October 15th, so it still will be on October 15th if it is going to happen. But as of this morning, uh, Trump told Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business that he's not gonna partake in a virtual debate because they decided they wanna do this on Zoom or on Skype or whatever. Um, I think there's an interesting move here. Now, first off, it sounds like they, the debate commission just made this decision without going to either one of the campaigns. Now. I will try to be as clear on this as possible and as nonpartisan as possible. It's pretty obvious that doing something just remote is really great for Biden, right? He can read the prompter. He can just sit there. They see, and here's the here's the tricky part, and this is kind of technical. Um, but you know, when you, when you do something online like this. If you need to hear something you have to have an ifb in your ear so i don't have one in right now because i'm just talking to you guys and i don't have a control room talking to me but sometimes when we do the show if we play clips i need to have that ifb in my ear so i can actually hear the clip or that my my director can count me back in right so he'll go three two one so that i know when the camera is back on now the idea that because they're doing this virtually they're both going to have ifbs in well, assuming it happens, right? They're both gonna have IFBs in, but that means that people will, other people will be able to be talking to Biden. And there's just no doubt that they would use that to their advantage. Now, I'm not saying Trump wouldn't use it to his advantage too. It's like at that point, if we're gonna do it this way, then you don't let your opponent have an unfair advantage that you don't have. So Trump would probably do it as well. Um, But the idea that Biden would be able to just sit in front of a camera, be fed information, could also be fed information from the teleprompter. You can look directly into a camera like I'm doing right now, and they can, because the way they do it now, there's like a mirror beneath the camera basically. And so right now, for example, although I'm looking into the camera, I have a teleprompter up, all I have on there is the three things that I'm talking about today, the VP debate thing uh, that we just covered, uh, the Trump, getting out of the debate story and and the movie theater story. So I just have three talking points and then I do everything else off the top of my head, but I am looking at a prompter right now. So they could put all sorts of information there and everything else. So Biden's team obviously is totally down to do this. and, And Trump is saying, no, we're not gonna do it. Now, the risk is by not doing it, it's like Trump, if Trump's good at one thing, it's about sucking media, sucking attention, right? Keeping it all about him all the time. The idea that he would back out of one is a little against what he would normally do. But I think, you know, he's good at making things work towards his advantage. And I think showing the nonsense, the fact that the, the moderator of the debate is a former Biden intern, I mean, come on. And Susan Page yesterday, who was the moderator is writing, a biography on Nancy Pelosi. It's like, this is all so obvious. Their, their BS is just like leaking out everywhere. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know Trump, he could announce the day before that he is gonna do it and then Biden will probably dump out. So who knows what'll happen. Um, and for all I know, as I'm talking about this, there, there's more breaking on the story right now. Um, but the idea, if we can't get these two people into a room um, then it's actually just crazy. And you know what? The fact that Trump has already uh, you know, beat coronavirus, has the antibodies, et cetera, et cetera. And if you, you could double the social distancing, you could do the, the plexiglass, you could do everything else. There's no reason not to do it in person. There's simply no reason not to do it in person. But by not doing it in person, you absolutely increase the chance that anybody could cheat and anybody could have info on that prompter in their ear or, or in a series of other ways. So. That's my thoughts on that. And then I want to do one more that's not directly political. Um, It's just kind of depressing, actually. Um, Movie theaters are closing all over the country. And um, I want to go through, I'm going to throw up a couple uh, of the the delays that are happening. Um, But first off, Regal Movie Chain, which is one of the biggest movie chains. I'm sure you guys have one either in your hometown or the the city near you. They've got uh, 536 theaters in the United States, they are temporarily closing all of them. And 40,000 of their employees will now be furloughed. Uh, AMC and Cinemark, those are the other two big movie chains. They are not closing at the moment, but basically nobody is going to movies. I mean, absolutely nobody's going to movies. My my producer Michael was just telling me that right now, uh, it's the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, came out in 1980 and uh, they're putting it in theaters right now. And he said his cousin went and there were six people in the theater and it was only $8 a ticket and they give you free popcorn. It's like, this is not sustainable. This is absolutely not sustainable. So I don't know what they're gonna do, but uh, let's let's throw to this image of some of the movies that are delayed right now. Uh, Dune is gonna be delayed until October, 2021, The Kingsman until February, 2021. Ghostbusters Afterlife, by the way, that's the original cast of the Ghostbusters. It's not the, uh, the all-girl remake and not to mansplain, but that thing sucked balls. That, that sounded like mansplaining, but it wasn't. That the movie just sucked. It just was not funny. This is uh, gonna be with, um, you know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, etc. cetera. Uh, that will come out in March of 2021. No Time to Die, which is the next Bond movie April 2021, A Quiet Place Part Two, April 2021. That's gonna be a big month apparently. Black Widow, uh, May 2021. And then the interesting one is Wonder Woman 1984 is gonna be direct on demand. I don't have the date on that, but that is kind of interesting because I think it was supposed to come out this summer. I think it was originally coming out maybe in June and then they delayed it to August and they're gonna try this thing direct on demand. I have a feeling it's gonna absolutely crush it. And if it does crush it, right? Because like, everybody's home trying to find things to watch. Like, There's just nothing left. I started watching Cobra Kai on, uh, on Netflix, which is actually pretty good. Like, They somehow figured out how to take Karate Kid and just like remake it in a way that like, actually feels fun and self-aware and, not, and it's cheesy, but not ridiculous. Anyway, um, everyone's trying to find things to watch and I'm sure you guys are going through this too. You go on iTunes and you're looking at what's new and it's just all like, B-movie crap. And then they randomly throw in other things that the algorithm just wants you to watch. They just push it up there for you. And like everyone's out of things to watch. We're just all watching things that we've seen already. So the idea that Wonder Woman's gonna come out, it's like everybody at home that weekend is gonna go, okay, I'll buy it for, let's say they charge $19.99 or something. And it's like, if 5 million people do that, and it costs 20 bucks well now they've got 100 million bucks now i don't know how much they intend on doing that five million people by the way would be a very low number for people to see the movie because then you know the the problem with buying the movie is that if you go to a theater with a family you know it's 12 bucks a ticket you got five people you're at 60 bucks something like that but now if you can do it at home you've it's one time fee of 1999 five people are there or you can invite other people over so they're gonna have to figure out i mean i feel like it's a little bit of a test of the economics, like they're just testing out, okay, can we release big things at home? Can they actually work? How much money are we gonna make? How much money are we gonna lose? But beyond that, I mean, just this idea, it's like going to the movies is, is one of the prime things where we get to be people with each other. Like we don't have a lot of things anymore because of the way we're trapped online, where we can have like a communal experience with somebody, I mean, you guys know, I, I was very frustrated with the, the last series of Star Wars, but going to the theater and being there with the people, when they're, you know, laughing, when they're crying, when they're, you know, just whatever that emotion is, forget Star Wars. When you, when you go to a movie that you have some sort of reaction and being in a room with people, when you feel that, you feel the silence, like we're losing all of those things. And, and we need those communal spaces, which, you know, yesterday I talked about the NBA ratings crashing And it's like, we need those things to be able to go to a basketball game, to be able to go to a movie theater, to escape politics, to realize that you're with other human beings, to look at people and see that they can smile instead of wearing a mask on their face. Like we're we're losing something. The good old days are basically January and, and something seems very wrong about that and we gotta figure it out. Anyway, people, that is the direct message for today, October 8th, 2020. Uh, I did all the mansplaining I can do, but maybe I'll do a little more mansplaining later. I, we have girls coming over later tonight and I'm going to talk to them and treat them as equals and, and we'll see how it goes. Should I think, I think it's going to be okay. I'm going to do the cooking, actually. So there's your mansplaining for you. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching everybody and we'll be back on Tuesday.